Chello again. This is Buck Benning speaking. It's 2019 and welcome to the Bing Crosby show and the Al Jolson show and the Gordon McRae show. I'm Bing Crosby. He has songwriter extraordinaire Johnny Mercer who wrote Jeepers Creepers, You Must Have Been a Beautiful Baby, all kinds of great Tim Pen Alley songs. It's going to be neat to see them together. Then after that we have Larry Parks on with Al Jolson. Now what makes this really unique and fun is that Larry Parks is the actor who portrayed Al Jolson in two different movies about Al Jolson's life and it'll be neat to see him with Al Jolson. And then after that we have The Railroad Hour with Gordon McRae with Alan Reed who plays who of course is the voice of Falstaff Openshaw on uh, Fred Allen's show and he's also the even more famous as being the voice of Fred Flintstone. We also have Jeanette McDonald, actress, on there as well. So it should be a great night overall. I hope you enjoy all the shows. Where the blue of the night meets the gold of the day, someone Welcoming you to Phil Call Radio Time, produced and transcribed in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, Judd Collins for the mayors and Bing's guests, Johnny Mercer, the songbird from Savannah, and Peggy Lee, the North Dakota Nightingale. And now here's Bing Crosby, the Spokane Sparrow. Oh. <laughs> Spokane Sparrow, are you referring to my voice or my love for horses? Oh. <laughs> you can't wait long, you know. No. <laughs> What I meant is that the sparrow is such a universally known bird, and so is your voice. You. I'll have a research department check on this. At the mole, Ken, the rhythm airs, and your old sparrow are about to chirp. A song called A Bluebird Singing in My Heart. For this number, Mr. Trotter conducts with a baton fashioned from a chunk of cuttlebone. John? <laughs> The raindrops fall, la 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 la. I don't mind at all, la 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 la. When I get your call, la 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 la. There's a bluebird singing in my heart. Let the clouds hang low over the trees. Let the winds that blow go where they please. When you're near, I hear melody stars There's a bluebird singing in my heart I want to dance in the street and say to people I meet She's mine, all mine I want to shout to the sun say come out to the sun cause it's time to shine So when things go wrong la 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 I still have my song, la 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 la. Since you came along, la 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 la. There's a bluebird singing in my heart. Let the raindrops fall. I don't mind at all. Since you 
came along, la 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 la. There's a bluebird singing in my heart. La, la, la. Very good. <laughs> Continental flavor. Yes. That's wonderful. Quite a nice canaries. Mm -hmm. You too, Mr. Sparrow. Great big fistful of birdseed to you all. <laughs> and a fistful of birdseed right back at you, boy. What's the big news tonight, Ken? Oh, haven't you heard? What? January belongs to Philco. Oh, isn't this just keen? <laughs> Philco has snagged January, huh? Yeah. Personally, personally Ken, personally planned, personally Ken. <laughs> This is Sanskrit or something, I don't know. But I don't see why Philco didn't pick up a nice warm month, you know, like July. Ah, because January means big buying opportunities. Bargains, huh? Oh, yes, indeed. Big, wonderful offers on Philco radios mm. and radio phonographs. This is terrific news, Ken, and it should cause a thunderous stampede to all our Philco dealers. Oh, stampede is right. Join the rush, folks, but don't worry. I will personally supply Band-Aids to anyone who is crushed in the rush. <laughs> Thank you, young Dr. Malone. <laughs> I must dash to surgery now, Ken, and blow up my rubber gloves with helium. I'm performing a tonsillectomy on a giraffe. I go. Well, I'll stand by with the anesthetic, Bing. And folks, dash over to your Philco dealer now and cash in on the big money-saving opportunities this month. Here's plasma for your pocketbook, a windfall for your wallet. Don't miss these blue tag specials on brand new Philco radios, including new 1949 Philco radio phonographs that play the sensational 45-minute record. They're your buy of the month with the newest and finest features of your lifetime from Philco, the leader. Just raising all kinds of excitement on Broadway these days is the bubbling musical As the Girls Go. Jimmy McHugh and Harold Adamson have provided a score that boasts, among other items, this choice click. I got lucky in the rain One day when I had nothing to do for an hour I walked around in a shower I had reason to complain One moment I was sadly in need of a song Next moment you came along Then the heavens smiled at me My heart said, how lucky can you be? Things like this you can't explain I only know that I met the love of my life When I got lucky in the rain Hey. 
Like this, you can't explain I only know that I met the love of my life When I got lucky in the rain. The first of our charming guests tonight is certainly no stranger to any frequent followers of our Philco festivals, for by now she's more a member of our family than just a casual dropper-inner. This, of course, can only mean the beauteous Chesterfield Chanteuse, Miss Peggy Lee. Hi, Bing. Oh. Evening, Peggy, and how are things going over in the Chesterfield show? Oh, just fine, Bing. Cigarettes, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Take a pack of Philco's. What's your big number tonight, Peg? Well, I thought I might go a little torchy tonight, Bing, and saying trouble is a man. <laughs> in that case, I shall light your torch and sob softly in the corner while you sing. Well, if you're going to sob, please sob on key, huh? <laughs> this will be strictly contrapuntal sobbing tonight. John Scott, Miss Lee awaits your downbeat. Trouble, trouble, 
Sure enchantment, Peg. Now go dry your eyes and report back later. Hmm? <laughs> the moment we move on to the second guest to grace our Garrett this evening, he's an old friend, sometime recording associate of mine, the composer of several score song smashes and the verse and chorus chanter of no small renown. Folks, here's George's peachy music maker, Johnny Mercer. <laughs> Well, thanks very much for that peachy introduction, old Pitt. Old Pitt? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're introducing Fuzzy Knight. <laughs> he couldn't make it. Anyway, Johnny, have you heard the big news? No, what happened? Did Hope fall on his nose and spear a family of gophers? <laughs> no, but that's a pretty picture. Gopher shish kebab. <laughs> the big news, Johnny, is that January belongs to Philco. Philco... Philco can have it. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, January's about as useless as a bib on a hog. <laughs> Say, Johnny, tell me, you've been away from Georgia a long time. How do you keep your Southern Geechee drawl up so well? Why, it's easy. I go to Phil Harris's dentist. <laughs> he cleans my teeth with a Southern toothbrush. Uh, a Southern toothbrush? Yeah, a candied yam on a stick. Well, look at him. <laughs> Besides, I go back down Georgia every Christmas. There's nothing like spending the holidays on the old family plantation. Oh, where is your old family plantation, John? Well, it's in Savannah, the parking lot of the DeSoto Hotel. <laughs> well, yes, I've heard of your place, Dent Fender Farms. <laughs> All of us Mercers got together for a lovely Christmas dinner in the back seat of a new Hudson. <laughs> what do you raise on your plantation beside the prices after six o'clock? Oh, the usual thing, cotton and coffee. Coffee in Georgia? Certainly, we grow cotton and coffee in the same field. Haven't you ever heard of mercerized coffee? Mercer? <laughs> yeah, it was invented by my great-grandfather, Colonel Silex Mercer. Silex? Well, I got an aunt named Percolator and a cousin named Drip. <laughs> well, I bet you had a wonderful Christmas Eve with the whole family sitting around the fireplace waiting for Santa Claus. What's the advantage of raising coffee and, and cotton together? Well, with cotton and the coffee, you don't need cream. Mm, yeah, well, <laughs> nothing quite like a big hot cup of fuzzy coffee. <laughs> oh, we don't serve it in a cup. It comes rolled up in blue paper. <laughs> you just squeeze out whatever you want. <laughs> what are they going to think of next? I don't know, but I hope we don't have to talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> Anyway, John, it's nice to have you here in the show with us. I suppose we, we should sing a song or something now, shouldn't we? Well, it beats just standing here. <laughs> How about us doing small fry? That doesn't go back too far, does it? No, but we, uh, we should have some new words. Well, then let's give the people some new words. Well, we can do that. I'm ready if you are. Shall we go? Well, let's do it. Small fry, shall we revive this old creation? Well, I don't mind it. Small fry, you know there's a brand new generation. My, 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 you mean that uh, we're before their time? 
Well, they think that bing is a noise that you make with a chime. <laughs> Small fry. There's been a world war, partner. Ah, but tall fry. There's also been Ava Gardner. Oh, clap hands. <laughs> We've had the new look. Hello. And a change in women's hats. The only thing that ain't changed is the Democrats. <laughs> the rumbas took the place of swing. Moved it. And bebop now is the thing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, sir, I put on my beret. And I face the East every day. Then what? Then the audience faces West. <laughs> well, tall fry. Your hair ain't getting any grayer. No, but small fry. Let me know it. My window is getting bare. <laughs> my, my, you mean you're known as At Sophie? At home they call me Torham with the Ellie Bay. <laughs> Yet. Oh, me. Oh, my small fry. I'm telling you, small fry. It's kind of tough for a fella to get adjusted. Yes, it is, tall fry, and especially once you've uh, rusted. <laughs> my, my. You mean they're thinking of trading us in? Well, honest John would if uh, we were chromium, but we just tin. <laughs> Hates thin. Yeah, tall fry. Listen How about it. your battery? Is it sparking? Well, small fry. It is, but I, I use it just for parking. <laughs> well, these, uh, these rumble seats are ours. They're really not the fair. No, the Ford's out in front, but we're out in the back like a camp. <laughs> Say, I heard your kids when they were here. And? Well... You should have gone out for a beer. Oh, no. Oh, yes, indeed. I wouldn't move. You ought to keep them standing by. I don't see why. Well, when the notes get too high... Continue. I understand that your <laughs> nose begins to bleed. <laughs> well, tell me, tall fry. How about this uh, television? Small fry? Yeah. I've been withholding my decision. <laughs> Yeah, but man, just, uh, just think, you sit right at home and you play a scene. But they can't get my piazza on that little bit of screen. <laughs> like the scale says with each new pound, I'll, I'll be seeing you around. Oh, me, oh, my small John, we ought to get together frequently and do a new version of Small Friday. Well, it's think? okay with me, Bing. Which brings us up to showtime. Time for our dramatic offering. Take over, Ken. Tonight, we take you to the hill country of Georgia, where we meet our cast of characters in a stirring drama of mountain life. I'm Johnny Mercer, a simple mountain boy. I'm Peggy Lee, a simple mountain girl. I'm old Grandpappy Trotter, a simple mountain. <laughs> I'm Bing Crosby, I'm simple. <laughs> like many mountain folks... <laughs> Please. Like many mountain folks, our friends are musically inclined. Johnny has a fine voice. 
Haven't you, Johnny? <laughs> Peggy has a fine voice, too. Ooh, bop, shabam, a kluky mop. Uh-uh. <laughs> and uh, as for Bing's voice. <laughs> laughing at. That's just the accompaniment. I sung, yeah. As the curtain rises, we find old Grandpappy Trotter talking with his granddaughter, Peggy. Peggy, what's the idea of hanging our cow on the clothesline? Well, that ain't the cow. That's young Dr. Malone's rubber gloves. <laughs> I wonder where my boyfriends are. Come in. Hi, folks. Howdy, Bing. Come on in. I'm in. <laughs> Thing, what you wearing on your feet? Horseshoes. Horseshoes? Yeah, I took a mule down to blacksmith shop and they were having a one cent sale, so I paid an extra penny and I got four more shoes. <laughs> well, you're only wearing two of them. Where's the other two? You ought to hear me when I sit down. <laughs> well, what are we waiting for? Why don't we eat? Well, we gotta wait for Johnny Mercer. He can't eat. He ain't got no teeth. Well, he has now. I whittled him a set. <laughs> See him. He's got the prettiest naughty fine smile you ever saw. Come on in. Hi, Peggy. Can I have a kiss? Okie bee be dokey. Wow, what a kiss. Look at the teeth you whittled. Charcoal. <laughs> hey, Johnny. Is that mud between your toes or are you web-footed? Why, you whopper-jawed idiot, I'm wearing shoes. I got a good notion to kick you right in the seat of your britches. Well, you do, and they'll kick you back. <laughs> now, John. <laughs> I had it scratched out on my page. <laughs> You're darn tootin', and I've been tootin' darns for now on the 40 yards. By the way, Grandpa, where's Grandma? She fell in the well a year ago today. I ought to go out and holler a happy anniversary down at her. Stand back, everybody, that may be Grandma, and whenever she comes out of the well, she shakes like a dog. It can't be Grandma, that was a dry knock. Well, howdy, howdy. Hello, everybody. Why, it's Mr. Carpenter, the circuit riding judge. <laughs> well, I, I just don't know who to marry. Gosh, all fish hooks, land of Goshen, shucks the mighty and similar southern sayings. <laughs> Take me, Peggy. No, me, I'm crazy about you. Just listen to this. I'd like to get you on a slow mule to Memphis. <laughs> Just you and me and alone <laughs> I'd like to boost you in the saddle For to make that long trek Leave all your kinfolks Cause they're a pain in the neck <laughs> I'll ride through the cotton In a dress that's store-bottom and as we ride, we'll spoon I'd like to get you on a slow mule to Memphis On our jackass honey <laughs> Oh no, Peggy's going with me Listen to this, honey. 
I'd love to get you on a slow mule to making all to myself for keeps. I'll make it right legal, cause I've got the ring, and I'd leave all these idiots. And I include my old friend Bing I'll be tall in the saddle On your mule that I straddle Just from them calluses alone I'd like to get you On a slow mule to Macon And we'll live on fat back and corn pole. <laughs> Gosh, fellas, the both of you can't marry up with me. Why not? In these parts, one man can marry a 15-year-old girl. Why can't two men marry a 30-year-old girl? <laughs> <laughs> Why, certainly, that's arithmetic right out of book learning. Well, fellas, I ain't 30 yet. You ain't to Memphis yet, either. <laughs> well, let's get going. Let's all get on that darn mule. We we'll all go together on a slow mule to Memphis on our jackass honeymoon. The ride's a long one. I'll need a pillow. Eat off the mantle Our jackass honeymoon Well, everybody, I hope you have a great ride, Peg and Johnny and Bing You fellas sure are lucky Friends, now's the time to get lucky at your Philco dealer January belongs to Philco. Your Philco dealer is loaded with special money-saving offers. If you're heading anywhere for a winter vacation, here's your chance to pick up the pick of the portables, a powerhouse Philco that gives you top performance on battery or on AC or DC. And for you stay-at-homes, January is your opportunity of a lifetime to own the greatest performing radio phonographs you ever bent your ear to. Compare them and judge for yourself. These new Philco consoles give you everything but everything for luxurious listening including the greatest invention of the century in recorded music, a two-speed phonograph that plays both your regular records automatically and the sensational new long-playing kind. Ask your Philco dealer to demonstrate his Blue Tag specials. Blue Tag bargains on FM, too. So don't miss these once-in-a-blue-moon values from Philco, famous for quality the world over. Now the title tune from Walt Disney's newest, So Dear to My Heart. This fine picture world premieres in Indianapolis on January 19th. Should be quite a dunes around the monument that night. So dear to my heart That september day With the leaves turning brown and gold When you were the dream I would hold so dear to my heart So dear to my heart That december day When we strolled down a snow-white lane The kiss that we shared will remain 
so dear to my heart And when it's springtime and fields are dressed with flowers You're the sweetest flower in you Oh, how I treasure all the happy hours And the dreams that I shared with you They bloom in my heart in a corner apart Every sweet, tender memory As long as I live, they will be So dear to my heart And thus another one is tucked away My thanks to Peggy Lee and Johnny Mercer For helping us mix it up tonight How about next week's show, Bing? Who's going to be with you? Next week, John, we're playing host to Hattie McDaniel Oh, you mean Beulah That's right, Bing One of America's new favorites, Beulah Plus her big boyfriend, Bill, the whole Henderson family, and Beulah's bubble-headed girlfriend, Oreo. Sounds like a lot of laughs. We hope it'll be. Good night, Johnny and Peggy. Good night, Bing. So long, tall fries. So long, small likewise. <laughs> Good night, folks, and thank you very much. This program was produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow and Murdo McKenzie. Tune in to Philco Radio Time next week and hear Bing Crosby, John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, the Rhythm Airs, and Bing's guests, Hattie McDaniel, and the entire cast of The Beulah Show. And remember, January belongs to Philco. Keep your eye on your Philco dealer now. This is the Kraft Music Hall, starring Al Jolson with Oscar Levant, Lou Bring, and his orchestra, and our guest, Larry Parks. So keep on looking for a bluebird and listening for its song. Whenever April showers come, Hello, folks. This is Al Jolson in the Kraft Music Hall at Palm Springs. You know all over the country they're having snowstorms and blizzards. But here in Palm Springs, we sit in the sunshine, next to the swimming pool with a tall, cool drink in our hands. If we want ice cubes, we don't have to call anybody. We just reach over and chip them out of the swimming pool. <laughs> But here, here's a song about a place where instead of smudging oranges,
They smudge pineapples. <laughs> Down Hawaii away, where a chance to stray. On an evening I heard a hula maiden say, Yaka hula hikidula, yaka hula Down Hawaii away, by the moonlit bay. When I lingered a while, she stole my heart away. Yuckle hickey doo la, yuckle hickey doo. Oh, I don't care if you love the ladies far and near. You'll forget about them all if you could hear. Yuckle hickey doo la, yuckle hickey doo. I'm coming back to you. My hula beside the sea at Waikiki, you'll play for me, and once again you'll sway my heart away with your yaka hula hickey doola too. I'm coming back to you, my hula beside the sea at Waikiki, you're gonna play for me, and once again you'll sway. My heart away with your yaka hula hickey doola too. Al, there's no question about it. Palm Springs agrees with you. You're full of energy and you look healthy and happy. Yes, Ken, I love Palm Springs. It's the greatest place in the world. Tops everything. It's the only place where you can get a suntan and a frostbite at the same time. Well, I want to give you something. Well, that's nice of you, Oscar. What is it? A bill for my expenses. Fine thing. Okay, let me see the list. Oscar, wait a minute. What's this item? Dinner at the Saddle and Sirloin Restaurant, $100. How can a sirloin cost $100? I didn't have sirloin. I had saddle. <laughs> What's this next item? Back bedroom at the Villa Hermosa, $160. Oscar, why should a back bedroom be $160? It's European plan. What's that got to do with it? There's a Russian in the front room, and they had to bring my food in by airlift. <laughs> All I can say is these prices are terrible. I think I'll go out on the highway and open up a poorhouse. I'll catch all the people coming back from Palm Springs. <laughs> Incidentally, Al, there's another item there on my expense account. Yeah? $20 for dates. $20 for dates? Oscar, look, I don't intend to give you money to take out girls. You don't understand. These are the kind of dates that hang from trees. Oscar, I don't care how athletic your girlfriends are. I don't intend to pay for them. Uh, Al, are you going to pay my expenses or not? Of course. I promised to pay. Gee, I wonder if another network would be interested in a rummage sale featuring Oscar Levan. <laughs> Oscar, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't announce your number yet. What are you playing for? I'm not playing. I'm knocking the sand out of the piano. <laughs> sand? Well, if I don't, the Sheptenko Realty Company will subdivide it and build a hotel. <laughs> Not a bad idea, Oscar. You could call it the Casa Steinway. Listen, what are you going to play today? 
What am I gonna play? Yeah. Something inexpensive. Fire Dance by Defaya. Fire Deliver. <laughs> Playing Oscar, here now is Ken with news from the home office. Here's a question for the wives in our audience. How does your husband behave at breakfast? Does he bury himself in his paper and eat his toast with a take-it-for-granted air? Well, here's how to make him take real interest in breakfast. With the toast and marmalade, set out a creamy white fresh-tasting square of Philadelphia brand cream cheese to spread on his toast. That rich, refreshing Philadelphia cream cheese is particularly good with the morning coffee and a mighty wholesome, nutritious food for breakfast, too. Just make sure you get genuine Philadelphia brand, the cream cheese made only by Kraft and guaranteed fresh. When you buy, always see the words Philadelphia brand printed right on the package. Al, uh, I have something here I want to call to your attention. What is it, Ken? Well, it's my expense account. Mm -hmm. I understand you're uh, paying for this trip. Yeah, I'm paying for it. Okay, let me see well, it. There it is. Hmm. Saddle and sirloin restaurant, fifty dollars. Right. That's funny, Ken. Levant spent a hundred dollars at saddle and sirloin. You only spent fifty. How come? I eat side saddle. <laughs> Doesn't anybody in this show eat hamburger? Yeah. Me. Here's my bill. Hamburger, one hundred dollars. Now look here, Lou Bring. How can hamburger cost a hundred dollars? Because I like steak. That's what they charge to put the little pieces back together. <laughs> Lou, hey, bring Give your bill to the fellow who takes care of my money His name is Epi 
That's him standing over there with his hands tied behind his back. <laughs> now, if the orchestra will trust me, I promise to pay him immediately after this song. I want a girl Just like the girl That married dear old dad He was a pearl And the only girl That daddy ever had Good old-fashioned girl with a heart so true One who loved nobody else but you I want a girl Just like the girl That married Dear old That married dear old Al, can't we talk over this expense business? Look, Oscar, I don't want to argue about paying, but honestly, I, I just can't afford it. You see, I have lots of other expenses. Well, why don't you get mad at the government and cut the Marshall Plan off without a cent? <laughs> Oscar, look, I don't... <laughs> I don't like to discuss my personal problems with you, but I can't throw my money away because over at my house, as a little fellow who needs food to eat and clothes to wear... I don't want my little Acer to stand bareheaded and ragged on the street corner selling newspapers when there's more money in magazines. <laughs> I wanted to have all the things that I didn't have when I was a boy. A nice home, an education. I wanted to have all those, including health and happiness. Stop, Al, stop. You don't need to pay my expenses. I couldn't take any money from you. This speech used to work even when I didn't have a kid. <laughs> now, Oscar, you, you just sit over there and I'll try to cheer you up with a song appropriately titled Don't Let It Get You Down. Love is a lovely thing. Love is a breath of spring. Love is a magic crown But don't let it get you down Give it a little whirl Show it a little care Get it into your heart But baby Don't let it get into your hair Hand it a big hello Give it a fond farewell What if it doesn't last forever Better a little now than never Shout it around the town But don't let it get you down Love is a lovely thing Love is a thing we sing Love is a star we steer But don't let it strip your gear 
love is a song by Kern. Love is a waltz by Strauss. Is there a sweeter song in heaven? Is there a doctor in the house? Love is a gypsy call. Love is the world and all. Why is it such a strange illusion? Maybe it needs a blood transfusion. Love is a wedding gown, but don't let him zip it down. I don't like to keep bothering you, but we still haven't straightened out the expense account. Yeah, Jolson, pay my expenses, or I'll take my baton and poke holes in your next number. Ken, Ken, Lou, look, boys, I don't want to depress you with my personal problem, but really, fellas, I, I just can't pay you. You see, over at my house, there's a little fella who needs food to eat and clothes to wear. I... I don't want a little Asa to stand barefooted and ragged. Stop, Al. Forget the money. You need it more than I do. Yes, Al, forget it. Here, take the silver dollar for, the, for your little kid. Thank you, Lou. I need all I get. Wait a minute. This dollar has two heads. Yes, it's my gambling dollar. <laughs> the cove isn't open. <clears throat> now, Lou... Dry your tears and poke your baton at the oxen Because I got a song about my favorite gal Take it, boys Rosie, you are my posy You are my heart bouquet Come out in the silvery moonlight There's something sweet love I want to say Your honey boy I'm waiting Those ruby lips to breathe Don't be so aggravating My blushing rosy My posy sweet There's a little bunch of sweetness that I long to call my bride And believe me, I'm not happy When my baby's by my side Her baptismal name is Rosie But she puts the rose to shame And most every night You'll hear me call her name Professor, I'm gonna sing about my baby Rosie, you are my posy You are my heart's okay I'm out Here in the moonlight There's something sweet love I'm singing but my Rosie Your honey Your boy I'm waiting Those ruby Those lips to breathe Don't so captivated, my blushing rosy, my posy sweet. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, Kenneth, if I'm not mistaken, I think at this time you'd like to talk to the people, huh? You are not mistaken, Mr. Dawson. Well, talk to them, son. For all careful and thrifty food shoppers, here's a special note. Whenever you're buying cream cheese for sandwiches or salads or dessert, always say, I want genuine Philadelphia brand. And then notice the name Philadelphia brand printed right on the face of the package. Now, we make this suggestion because some people think any cream cheese is Philadelphia cream cheese. The truth is... Philadelphia is the brand name of the cream cheese made only by Kraft. Guaranteed fresh by Kraft. Tomorrow, treat your folks to the exquisitely fresh, rich flavor of this famous cheese. For instance, for a wonderfully quick dinner dessert, you might have Philadelphia brand cream cheese, tart jelly, and crackers. Just be sure to look for the brand name Philadelphia and get the cream cheese that's guaranteed fresh by Kraft. Al, I've been thinking over this expense question, and I've decided you should pay. Oscar, I'm not Al Jolson. I'm Larry Parks. <laughs> Gee, Larry, I thought you looked like Al Jolson. Uh, I'm awfully sorry. <laughs> so is Columbia Pictures. <laughs> But, uh, Oscar, what were you trying to say to me about expenses? Well, Jolson brought us down here, and now he's beefing about the money. Oh, now, don't worry about it, Oscar. I promise you. Al will pay. But, Larry, can you talk for Jolson? Well, I've done it in two pictures. <laughs> you talk like him, and now you're beginning to look like him. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised at the number of people who mistake me for Al. You know, when we worked in the Jolson story, and... We'd both black up and get down on our knees. There was only one way you could tell us apart. How? I was able to get up. <laughs> well, Larry, there's another way. When someone mistakes you for Jolson, just shake your pockets. And when they hear the no jingle, they'll be convinced you're not him. <laughs> oh, excuse me, Oscar. Here comes Al. Well, hello, Al, old boy. Well, hello, Al, young boy. <laughs> Gee, Al, what a tan you've got. Now, stand back a minute and let me take a good look at you. Hmm. Yep. Tomorrow when I shoot that scene, I better add another wrinkle. <laughs> Why wasn't I born a girl? Then I could have had Betty Grable play me. <laughs> Al, in those days, girls weren't born. They got them from ribs. <laughs> This boy is padding his part in my age. <clears throat> but it's good to see you, Larry, and now I've got a chance to ask you something I've always wanted to know. Well, what is it, Al? Well, Larry, you played me my first life story, and now you're playing me my second life story. Now, what do you think of that? Stop already. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but listen, son. On the level, you enjoy doing the part. Tell me, what was the most difficult thing about playing me? Getting paid. <laughs> that was Harry Cohen. I had nothing to do with it. My word of honor. <laughs> Besides, Larry, I've had a very tough day. Everybody's been trying to get money away from me. Yeah, that's the real Jolson story. Stop already, will you? <laughs> I'm only kidding, Al. You know, I think an awful lot of you, and it's real nice to be on your program. Thank you, Larry, and I want you to know I'm happy to have you here with me, really. Do you really mean that? Yes, things are a little more equal here. They can hear me sing, but they can't see you. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Anytime you want to take a rest, I'll be more than happy to do your singing for you. Larry, I'll let you sing for me 
The day Palm Spring freezes over. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> it did last night, come to think of it. <laughs> well, actually, Al, I couldn't sing in your place. After all, people will always say there was only one Al Jolson. Until you... Until you came along, Larry. As a matter of fact, I think you just can't help improving yourself when you're playing Al Jolson. You're absolutely right. I couldn't help improving Al Jolson. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't get Levantish. Listen. Everything you did in that picture, everything you did in that picture, I taught you. Remember that. That's true, Al. And don't think I'm not grateful. Of course, there were some things in the picture that if uh, I'd been the producer, I'd have done a little different. Now he's playing the life of Harry Cohn. Look, uh, uh, what, what would you have done differently? Well, I would have had you play yourself, Al, yeah. and uh, I'd have played your father. Larry, why, why would you want to be my father? Maybe you'd send a check home once in a while. <laughs> you see, Al, I'd have a big scene where your father says to you, Hey, sir, you're 12 years old now, and every minute you're in the house, you sing. You sing all morning, and you sing all afternoon. Asa, why don't you run away from home? <laughs> but, Papa, I don't want to run away from home. I want to stay here with you and make you happy. No, Asa. Run away and make me happy. <laughs> but, Papa, if I run away, I'll get in trouble. I'll be no good. I'll even be as bad as that little boy next door, Eddie Cantor. Eddie's a good boy. <laughs> He's a good boy. He's very popular. I know he's popular. He's got five girls. I mean... <laughs> All I want, Asa, is that you should go away and become famous. And if you don't become famous, I don't care. Go away anyhow. <laughs> I think I will go away, Papa. Maybe someday I'll be a famous singer. Good, Asa, good. Maybe sometime you'll be so famous and so important, they'll make a picture about your life. Yeah. So live well, do a lot of things, be spectacular... And that'll make it real hard for Larry Parks. It's a good idea, Papa. Then when I'm an old man, when I'm an old man and I can't sing anymore, I'll quit. No. Then you'll go on the radio. <laughs> That's enough, Larry. This wouldn't have been any good. You see, you're not sweet enough to play my father. You're better playing me. And really, son... I don't want to have any unpleasantries. When I invite you down here to Palm Springs, I wanted, well, both of us to have a good time. Well, I've had a wonderful time, Al, thanks to you. Uh, oh, incidentally, I have a little matter of business to take up with you. Larry, please, no more lawsuits. <laughs> <laughs> no, no lawsuit, Al. It, uh, it's my expense account. You know, it cost me a few dollars to come down here to the Springs and... Uh... Larry, not you, too. You more than anybody should know... How I stand financially. You know I'm not wealthy. You see, over at my house, there's a little boy who needs shoes and clothes and food. You see, most men retire, but I got to keep working to take care of that little baby of mine. Larry, with all my heart and soul, I beg you. I beg you, Larry. No wonder they hired me to act for him. <laughs> All joking aside, of all the songs you sang in the Jolson story, which one did you like best? Well, Al, I thought I was in particularly good voice in the anniversary song. Well, that's my choice, too. Lou, for Larry and me, 
And the public listening and those in the theater here, play the anniversary song, please. We dance on the night we were wed. We vowed our true love, though a word wasn't said. The world was in bloom. There were stars in the skies. Except for the few that were there in your eyes. Dear as I held you close in my arms, angels were singing a hymn to your charms. Two hearts gently beating were murmuring low. My darling, I love you so. The night seemed to fade into blossoming dawn. The sun shone anew, but the dance lingered on. Could we but relive that sweet moment sublime? We'd find that our love is unaltered by Good night, everybody, and be sure to listen next week when Groucho Marx will be with us. And tomorrow night, that is tomorrow night, Friday, I'll be with Eddie Cantor from NBC. Good night, everybody. Larry Park appears in the courtesy of Columbia Pictures, soon to release Knock on Any Door, starring Humphrey Bogart. Tune in again next Thursday to the Kraft Music Hall, starring Al Jolson, Oscar LeBanth, Lou Bring and his orchestra, and our guest, Groucho Marx. This is Ken Carpenter saying good night. Be sure to stay tuned to Dorothy Lamore and her guests on the Seal Test Variety Show, which follows immediately over most of these stations. After the holidays splurge, your food budget probably needs some real help. Remember Kraft Dinner for a grand macaroni and cheese main dish at only a few cents a serving. And with Kraft Dinner, you cook that macaroni and cheese in just seven minutes by the clock. You see, each box of Kraft Dinner contains a special quick-cooking macaroni that gets fluffy tender just in boiling water. That Kraft Dinner box also gives you plenty of golden Kraft grated for grand cheddar cheese flavor that you sprinkle in in just a jiffy. So save time, save money. Serve the folks fluffy light macaroni with grand cheese flavor through and through. Get several boxes of Kraft Dinner tomorrow. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.
Ladies and gentlemen, the Railroad Hour. And here comes our star-studded show train. Tonight, the Association of American Railroads presents the romantic operetta, Naughty Marietta, based on the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer motion picture with Victor Herbert's beloved music, and starring Jeanette McDonald and your host, Gordon McRae. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and our music is arranged and conducted by Carmen Dragon. Yes, tonight, another great musical success is brought to you by the American Railroads, the same railroads that also bring you most of the food you eat, the clothes you wear, the fuel you burn and all the other things you use in your daily life. And now, here is Gordon McRae. Thank you and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Gordon McRae, bringing up the curtain on one of Victor Herbert's most melodic and popular operettas, Naughty Marietta. In the character of Captain Dick Warrington, I meet and fall in love with Naughty Marietta in New Orleans, when Louisiana was still under the rule of Louis XV of France. Ah, but the story of Marietta begins much before that, and no one is more familiar with it than that lady herself. So may I introduce her to you in the person of our lovely and charming guest star this evening, known and loved by all as the Naughty Marietta of the screen, Miss Jeanette MacDonald. that melody one night in a dream and lived with the memory of it ever after. I remembered only the beginning of that unexplained song and somehow I felt that if, if I could complete it I could find the answer not only to the mystery of life but, but to the mystery of my own unhappiness as well. It was spring in the court of Versailles and my royal uncle had informed me that the King of France had commanded that I marry a fat, elderly member of the Royal House of Spain named Don Carlos. The thought was intolerable to me, so I arranged to take the place of one of the maids in the castle, a Marietta Franini, on a bride ship bound for New Orleans. And that very night I stole away from the castle and set sail on the adventure of my life. Oh, Marietta, isn't the sea beautiful? I wish we weren't landing tomorrow. Why, Julie, I thought you were looking forward to this brand new world and the fine, handsome young, young cavalier who would, who would claim you as his wife. Well, suppose it isn't a fine, handsome cavalier. Suppose it's a fat, ugly one. Well, you don't have to accept him. You'll have the pick of all the men in New Orleans. What kind of a husband do you want, Marietta? Oh, oh uh, I don't intend to marry. <laughs> oh, but you have to. You accepted the king's dowry. A casket of gold and a grant of land to each girl who will go to the colonies and marry. Well, the king can keep his grant and his casket. Then why did you come on the bride ship? 
Oh, for many reasons, but mainly because of a song. A song? Yes, a melody that's become a sort of challenge to me. I can't, Julie. Perhaps I never will be able to finish it. When you sing, it makes me forget how frightened I am, Marietta. Then I'm afraid it'll have to be another song, Julie. Well, there's a little prayer I learned as a child. Will that do? Oh, yes, yes. All right, then. One song for one smile. Is that a bargain? Oh, yes, Marietta. Sing of I feel ever so much better now. For your stations, men. There's a pirate ship approaching from starboard. Oh, pirates! Pirates! Ah! pirates! All right, my little pigeon, stop that sniffling. You've been captured by pirates. You might as well make the best of it. Now, we'll camp here on the shore for the night. In the morning, we'll figure out what's to be done about you. In the name of the King of France, I demand that you set us free. Well, do you now, my pretty? Now, don't you dare come a step closer to me. <laughs> I like redheads. The more peppery they are, the better I like them. Why, you... <laughs> well, I'll have a kiss for that slap, my lady. What's that? That's the song of the governor's man, Captain. They must be looking for some word of the bride ship. Captain Dick Warrington's men, huh? Well, no point in fighting two battles today unless we have to. John, out of that campfire. Yes, sir. All right, now you women get down in your faces and keep quiet. Oh, good. Good, they're passing by. Help! Help! Soldiers, help! Help! Come on, men. We found them. Captain Warrington, I, I I certainly want to thank you. Your men... Careful. Are... You're tipping the canoe. 
If you hadn't come along just when you did, I, I don't know what might have happened to us. Well, that's what the governor of Louisiana pays us for. Personally, I never approved of you women being shipped over here in the first place. The minute women arrive any place, there's trouble. Why, look at my men. Even in the moonlight, you can see the silly expressions on their faces. They're not used to having women in their canoes. Mm, judging from your manners, I, I wouldn't say you were either. Huh? Well, my manners were all right when I was saving your life. Hmm, didn't you say you get paid for that sort of thing? Hmm. Well, I'll wager my next month's salary that you weren't any poor little milkmaid on a farm. Oh, would you? You don't have the manner born, my lady. Whoever your mistress was, she taught you to put on too many airs. Blue eyes. My eyes are green. And my name is Marietta. Nevertheless, I'll call you Blue Eyes. <laughs> so you had to come all the way to New Orleans to catch a husband, eh? Well, don't look at me. Hmm. You fancy yourself quite a lady killer, don't you? Oh, I am. I am. I don't know whether it's my looks or my voice. By the way, what did you think of my voice, Blue Eyes? When I heard it, uh, my mind wasn't exactly on musical matters, Captain Warrington. Hmm, that's right. Too bad. It's a nice voice. Care to hear it again? No, thank you. Might spoil the effect of that lovely moon up there. Oh, on the contrary, it'll help it. Why, I'll sing you a song about our southern moon if you like. Fine. I'm a little bit tired anyway, so if you don't mind, I'll just take a little nap while you're singing. <laughs> Careful. You might find yourself dreaming about me. Neath the southern moon For love so warm and tender By the southern sea For love so warm and free Neath the spreading shade of palm About your future husband? That, Captain Warrington, is the furthest thing from my mind. Captain, there are the lights of New Orleans up ahead. New Orleans? New Orleans, that's right, Blue Eyes. With your new husband waiting for you on the dock. Come on, men, let's give him our song and have the whole town turn out to greet us. Let's see that these ladies get a rousing welcome from New Orleans. 
Tram, tram, tramp along the highway. Tram, tram, tramp the road is free. Blazing trails along the byway. Oui, de bois, Tram, tram, tramp, now clear the roadway. Room, 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 the world is free. With planters and Canucks, Virginians and Kentucks, Captain Dixon Infantry, Captain Dixon Infantry. Now clear the roadway Room, room, room The world is free With planters and canucks Virginians and canucks Captain Dick's own infantry Captain Dick's own infantry You signed the agreement. But, Mademoiselle, you must marry someone. It is the law. It says in your credentials. No, no, no. I don't want to marry anyone. Here, here, here. What's the meaning of this, young woman? I'm told you are refusing to marry. Very true, monsieur. And uh, who are you? I am the governor of Louisiana. Oh, well, then will you please tell these gentlemen that I don't have to marry them? Oh, but you do, Mademoiselle. It says in your credentials. Then I shall tear up my credentials. (laughs) Stop, stop that immediately. Young woman, what is your name? Marietta Franini. Well, Marietta Franini, something has to be done about you. Yes, Your Excellency. I don't want to have to put you in jail. Governor, Governor. Uh, hmm? Oh, Captain Warrington. Dick, my dear boy. I uh, couldn't help hearing your conversation with this young woman. I, I feel a sort of responsibility for her myself. After all, it's my fault in a way that she's here, and I'm willing that you put her in my custody for the time being. I'll see that she has lodgings. Well, an excellent suggestion, Dick. And if she doesn't get some sense in her head, we'll just have to ship her home to France. Come along, Blue Eyes. Where are you taking me? You are now about to enter one of the main thoroughfares of New Orleans. Charming, isn't it? What brought about this sudden interest in my future, Captain Warrington? Well, I feel sorry for you. You feel sorry for me? Yes. You're so beautiful and so dumb. Oh, am I? Well, let me tell you something. You may not be as smart as you think you are, and I may not be as dumb as I look. Well, I mean, as uh, you think I look. Now, kindly conduct me to, uh, to wherever I'm supposed to find residence, and then... Then I'll say au revoir. Not au revoir, Captain Warrington. Just say a lasting goodbye. Well, look ahead there. My friend Rudolfo, who runs the marionette theater. Hey, Rudolfo! Rudolfo! Come! Hello, Dick. Hello, my friend. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Rodolfo. Say, where's that plump daughter of you? The one who's singing? Yeah. She got married. But Monsieur, my Suzette, she sings it too. Come, with Suzette, sing it for the gentlemen. Well, it seems like everybody's getting married this day. Must be the season. Perhaps. Ah, nice voice, hasn't she, little ice lady? too bad you can't sing. Really? Yes, it gives a woman added charm. You might take some lessons, but of course, I'd never expect you to sing as well as Suzette. Well, that, monsieur, it's a matter of opinion. The mandolina sings with the tears of thousands of dying feet. Oh, could I 
Dr. Kirkie, it's the Mademoiselle. Your voice is beautiful. Oh, thank you, Rodolfo. Oh, if such a singer would only come to me, it would mean new days for my marionette theater. This lady is a prisoner, Rodolfo, and she isn't interested in helping you or anyone. Oh, but that isn't true. Rodolfo, the governor has placed me in this gentleman's custody. But if he'll permit me, I- I'd be very happy to sing at your theater. Oh, gracias, gracias. You will see that she has lodgings and take good care of her? I will, I will. Hey, there's your man, the Captain Dick. Are you coming, Captain? I'll be right there. Well, farewell, my lady. Oh, no. No, please wait. What? <laughs> you realize what you're saying? Oh, I- I- I'm sorry. For a moment, I... Well, it was when you turned away from me. That moment I, I thought I heard... Come on, Vic. Take good care of her, Rodolfo. Goodbye, Mademoiselle. Au revoir, Mr. Road is free. You say, au revoir? Yes, I do. Then, au revoir it is. Tramp, 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 the road is It's interesting to think of the way people lived in America in the time of naughty Marietta. Here was this vast continent with every natural resource it has today, and yet it could barely support two or three million persons. Now, a nation of nearly 150 million persons living on the same area produces not only enough for its own needs, but enough to aid half the world besides. What makes the difference? Well, for one thing, there was born in this land a new sort of freedom. It was not merely political freedom, but was the freedom of every man to use his native ability to make the most of every opportunity to better himself. Without that sort of freedom, political freedom could not long be maintained. And in that atmosphere of freedom, there blossomed mighty inventions, creating the machinery which multiplies many-fold man's power of production. And there developed a new sort of transportation, continent-wide transportation, binding the nation into a unit Low-cost, dependable transportation, which makes high-volume production possible and also makes possible the widespread distribution and high-level consumption without which large-scale production would be useless. This essential transportation is performed on the railroads, in trains of cars, on tracks. These railroads handle goods on a scale undreamed of elsewhere, and they do it at rates which, in comparison with prices and wages, are lower than anywhere else in the world. And they are lower now in comparison than they were before the war, even here in America. And so it is that a continent which could barely support a mere handful of people has become the home of nearly 150 million who produce more and live better than any other people on the face of the earth. Now back to Naughty Marietta with your host, Gordon McRae, and Jeanette McDonald as his guest star.
one fleeting moment I had felt as though I knew what my dream melody meant to say. That moment when Dick Warrington smiled at me and said goodbye. And yet I, I considered Dick an arrogant, conceited, egotistical, impossible boor. I thought it was because he was the only man I knew in New Orleans that, that I was glad to see him when he arrived at the puppet show the next night. Good show, Blue Eyes. Say, you can sing. Thank you. Come on, let's take a walk in the moonlight. I want to talk to you. Haven't you anything better to do? Well, if I had, I'd be doing it. Here, put this cape around you. But it's warm out. Put the hood up over your hair. Why? Well, let's just say it's too hot to look at red hair. Now, if you're going to be insulting, I'm not going with you. Oh, yes, you are. You're coming with me, and you're going to ride my canoe out along the edges of the bayou, completely out of earshot of anyone on land. And then you're going to tell me why the governor has today offered a reward of 250,000 louis for the apprehension of one Marietta Fernini. 250,000 louis for me? The governor sent for me this morning and asked me if I knew where you were. I told him you had gotten away from me. Well, did he tell you why, why they sent for no, me? No, but you're going to tell me as soon as we get in that boat. Well, will it be safe to talk there? Yes, my men are all through the bayou right now. It's the safest place in New Orleans for the moment. And this is the most dangerous. Now, come on. Yes, sir. Well, you, you know, I've, I've never given an order to a woman before. <laughs> I've never taken an order from a man. Well, let's talk that over when we have time, Marietta. Yes, when we have time, Dick. You, you do trust me now, don't you? Well, if I can't trust you, then, then I have no one. Come on. <laughs> mystery of life could I but find thee. The words repeated themselves within me urgently over and over as I followed Dick through the streets of New Orleans. And when he helped me into the boat and we drifted out on the moonlit water, it fairly thundered in my ears. But what the rest of the song was or, or what it meant, I, I still didn't know. Now tell me, Blue Eyes, why should they offer a reward of 250,000 louis for a giddy little redhead from Marseille? Oh, please, let's, let's not talk about it now. All this will end soon enough. Blue Eyes, you're in trouble. I want to help you. The governor has all the troops in New Orleans out hunting for you. What did you do? I ran away. Away from a man I didn't want to marry. Who are you? Oh, just someone... Someone, huh? Mm, someone from somewhere. Well, you know, I have a very strange feeling about someone. No pain, I hope. No. I have a very strange feeling I, I never felt before. Mm, you're coming down with something, all right. <laughs> a kind of a grind of depression. I wonder if it's catching. I hope so. My heart's acting strangely. It feels rather sore. At least it gives me that impression... My pulses leap madly without any cause. Believe me, I'm telling you truly. I'm gay without pause. Then sad without cause. My spirits are truly.
someone did love you? Oh, Marietta. I said it. Would you care what her past had been? Would you marry her with without questions? If if you say you love me, that's the only question I would ask. And the only answer I am interested in. Oh, I know now. I know now what it means. you say. Captain Warrington, I have a warrant for this lady. She's to be returned to the palace of the governor at once. Why? What has she done? It isn't what she's done, it's who she is. She is the Princess Marie d'Altena, a fugitive from France against his majesty's wishes. Princess? You knew a princess, Marietta? Yes, Dick. I hoped you'd never know. Permit me to help you from the boat, your highness. Thank you. The governor awaits you at his palace. If you don't wish to go, Blue Eyes, I have a sword here that will see that you stay. Men, advance and fall to... Oh, no, no, please, please. I have men of my own in this bayou. I have only to call out and they will be at your service. No, I've put you in enough danger already. I'll go with you, Major. Shall I? Shall I see you again, Captain Warrington? There is only one answer to that, which I believe you know. Company, March! <laughs> Charming you look. All dressed for the ball in your honor, I see. Well, I'm afraid the last thing I want is to be presented to New Orleans society, Governor. His Majesty's most provoked with you, your highness. As a matter of fact, another order just arrived, which I should like to read to you. <clears throat> and she shall be found and returned immediately under the custody of her uncle on his arrival. Anyone aiding or abetting her further escape shall be considered in treason to me shall be given the extreme penalty. Signed, Louis XV. How would you like to marry an old, fat Spanish don that, that creaks every time he walks? I should be honored. Well, then you marry him. Oh, no, 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 my dear. Oh, I, I could hardly, I hardly do that. We'd better go down to the ball. You take my arm, Princess? Thank you. Oh, uh, <clears throat> Princess... I thought you might be interested to know that I have ordered Captain Warrington and his men to start for Barataria today. He's a good soldier. And I should not like to be forced to carry out His Majesty's orders. But if he should attempt to help you escape... I understand, Governor. What's that singing? Oh, oh Governor, I promise you I won't cause you any trouble. Oh, only please don't let anyone else suffer. For... I'll return to Versailles. Very well. That, of course, makes my position much easier. Your ship sails at dawn. I shall be aboard. I... I had... I had known the secret, the answer to the mystery of my life and of my song for almost a full day. 
But as I walked down and took my place in the ballroom, I realized that, that to know the song and its meaning and, and to deny that meaning was almost unbearable. And yet it, it had to be denied forever. And then, late in the evening, I went out into the garden for a moment and suddenly, there he was before me. Your Highness. Dick. Dick, you must go at once. You're in great danger here. <laughs> danger? You think I'm afraid of danger? Oh, but I, I, I can't really talk to you tonight with all these people here. The moment they find I'm gone, they'll, they'll be searching for me. Out on the bayou, you started to sing a song for me. I'd like to hear it now. Oh, please. This, this, this ball is in honor of my sailing. I, I should be back there. Sailing? You know, I... What have they said about sailing? Oh, the sailing? Yes. When are they going to try to take you away? Oh, uh, the, the, the day after tomorrow. I mean, I mean the day after that. Friday, I think. Friday. Then I'll be back to hear your song right here tomorrow night. We'll be camped only about 20 miles from here. Captain Warrington! Governor! Well, good evening, Your Excellency. Didn't you receive my orders? Oh, yes, of course he did. Oh, don't magnify something very silly, Governor. This, uh, this uh, officer saved my life, and I asked him to come here to say goodbye. Uh, thank you again, Captain. Goodbye. Princess? Good night. Good night. Your Highness, everyone is pleading for you to sing for them. Would you do it? Would you honor us? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, I will sing for you. I knew I'd never see Dick again, and I had to let him hear my song. I went into the ballroom and, and saw Dick at the head of the stairway, just about to leave, so... So I sang my song straight to him. Oh, man. 
revoir, my princess. Goodbye. Oh, my darling. Goodbye. A few minutes ago, we were talking about what freedom and invention and transportation have done in this country in making the way we live in America the marvel of the world. Let's pay a little more attention to the third of these mighty forces, transportation, and especially the backbone of our transportation system, our railroads. Production as we know it would not be possible without railroads to assemble the materials used the fertilizers and farm implements, for example, for the kind of agriculture which is practiced in America, or the raw materials, the fuel and the machinery used in industry. And not only would production on the American scale be impossible without railroads, it would also be useless without the widespread distribution and the high consumption of goods which railroad transportation makes possible. America finds use for other forms of transportation, but no one of them, nor all of them together, could take the place of railroads in furnishing the low-cost, continental-wide, all-season service, which is fundamental to the way we make things and the way we use them here in America. The Railroad Hour show train will return in just a moment after a brief pause for station identification. Now back to Act Three of Naughty Marietta with your host, Gordon McRae, and his guest star, Jeanette MacDonald. And now I had sung my dream melody, and I pledged my love with it, and at the same time said farewell to that love forever. I ran upstairs after I finished singing and stood at the window listening to his men march through the empty, moonlit streets. And I stood there thinking, he is with them. And they are marching away from me. Yes? I just wanted to say good night, Princess. I hope you'll be quite comfortable. Well, it doesn't matter now, Governor. Nothing matters. I'm going back to marry Don Carlos as the king commanded. Sometimes it's very sad to be of royal blood, Princess. But life establishes the rules of our conduct by how we are born. And we must obey those rules. Well, I thought, I hoped this was a new country where all those out-of-date precepts could be forgotten. It's too bad, Princess, that we cannot make of the world what we dream it should be. Good night. Oh, Dick. Dick. Did you call me Blue Eyes? Oh, Dick. Oh, why did you come back? I came for you. You wouldn't have sung that song to me if you'd ever expected to see me again, would you? No. When are you really sailing? At dawn. Why didn't you tell me? Well, if you'd known, you, you never would have gone, and, and I'd have seen them lead you away to be... What have I to live for without you? Oh, what are we to do? Get a cloak. 
My men are waiting at the edge of town. Now, hurry. Oh, but we can't. The palace is surrounded. I got in. I'll get out. But, Dick, wherever we'd go, they'd only find us again. Oh, not where we're going. We're heading west, Blue Eyes, into a new country, a new life, together. Will you come with me? Well, of course I will. Then quick, hurry now. Princess! Princess! Quick, out on the balcony. Hurry! Guard! Call the guard! Something's wrong! Warn the guard! First, I'll jump over the balcony. Are you all right? Yes. Now jump. I'll catch you. <gasps> oh. There you are. Halt where you are. Up with your hand. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. Hold those two. We have them, Governor. Bring them to my room. Don't let them escape. They won't escape from us, Your Excellency. Good. Well, shall we march, gentlemen? Oh, dear. I knew it would all be for nothing. We, uh, we know quite a long way to the governor's office, Captain. Yes, sir, through the woods. Kind of pretty. Uh-huh. Now you follow us, right out through the castle gates. Ditch. We're not safe yet. But these soldiers, they're your men. Of course. Oh, oh, my darling. How on earth did you manage that? Easily. They changed places with some of the palace guards, who were very glad to get a night off. The horses are just ahead. The men are waiting. Well, here we are, Your Highness. No more, Your Highness. From this moment, there are no titles left in the world. Oh, yes, there are. Your new one. What's that? Why, Mrs. Warrington, naturally. Here, let me help you up. We have a long ride ahead of us, but there's a ship waiting and a whole new country. And a new life. Oh, sweet mystery of life, at last I found thee. Oh, at last I know the secret of it all. All the longing, seeking, striving, waiting, McDonald will be back in just a moment. Meanwhile, this is your host, Gordon McRae, giving a big vote of thanks to our excellent supporting cast, Earl Ross, Alan Reed, Sheila Stevens, Paul Fries, Polly Bear, and Bill Demling for their fine performances in Naughty Marietta with book and lyrics by Rita Johnson-Young, music by Victor Herbert, and adapted for radio by Gene Holloway. And now, here's Jeanette McDonald again. I just want to say how greatly I enjoyed appearing for the Association of American Railroads in this production of Naughty Marietta, one of my favorite roles. <laughs> we were honored to have you, Jeanette, and very happy, too, that you were to join us again very soon. Oh, yes, the week after next, as a matter of fact, in another of my favorites, Noel Coward's Bittersweet. And I'm certain that your fans will all be listening. 
Oh, by the way, what are you doing next week? Well, next week, the Metropolitan Opera Soprano, Miss Patrice Munzel and Mr. Kenny Baker will join me in presenting one of America's most beloved operators, Blossom Time. Oh, I'll certainly be listening to that myself. And I'll see you all again week after next in Bittersweet. Au revoir, Marietta. Au revoir, Captain Dick. <laughs> well, it looks as though ready to pull out. So until next week, goodbye. Naughty Marietta has been presented by special arrangement with the Tams Whitmark Music Library. Jeanette McDonald's new motion picture is The Sun Comes Up, produced by Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, whose current hit is Words and Music. Gordon McRae appeared on this program by arrangement with Warner Brothers. This is Marvin Miller speaking. The Railroad Hour is brought to you each week at this time by 132 railroads of the United States. Each one of them has its own operations and services. Each one competes keenly with others for business. But all of them work together through the Association of American Railroads for the improvement of all railroading and for better service to you. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.